Hello, and welcome to show number 2310 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. Welcome to the Blind Kitchen, where everyone gets a seat at the table. And this is a show that could probably be particularly useful for me. Maybe I can learn something and be a real cook someday. We'll speak with Deborah Erickson, executive chef and founder of The Blind Kitchen, where adaptive tools, helpful strategies, and specialized knowledge are provided to blind and vision-impaired people who want to cook safely, confidently, and independently. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Deborah Erickson and is just one of many tips she provides. I'll give you one tip that I use for kitchen organization, and I learned this at the Commission for the Blind, too, is to use work trays. You know, the ones you find in hospitals, their cafeteria trays, jails, schools, indestructible. (laughs) They last forever. And I use them in my kitchen. I would not mix in a bowl or sometimes I accidentally knock over a bottle. I try to be very careful, put the lid back on, but things happen even if you can see perfectly. Stuff happens and those trays help contain it. I also use those work trays for getting out the ingredients. I make sure they're all located on one tray as much as I'm able to. And so that way, when I'm cooking, if I get back and I say, oh my gosh, the vanilla is still on the tray and everything's already in the mix, it, it also helps as a reminder for me that I need to still add the vanilla. The other thing, I use it for a cutting board. I do not use cutting boards because when you're fabricating food, pieces, it's too easy for them to fall off the edge and onto the work area. So if you use one of these work trays, they help hold all that food in and help you to to keep it together. And additionally, if you're cutting something like a raw protein, like meat or something like that, those trays help to contain the contaminants. And if you don't have time to wash it right now, you can just move it over to another counter. It's not going to contaminate anything. And then you can come back later when you have more time to wash it with hot soapy water. So work trays are a good thing. (laughs) Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Insight.org, N-S-I-T-E dot O-R-G, and Insight Connect, a job board exclusively designed for individuals who experience vision loss and employers who seek to fill open positions with talent who are blind or have low vision. Job postings are also open to veterans. Insight, a vision for talent. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Deborah and learning about how she got interested in teaching cooking skills to people with vision loss. Hello, my name is Deborah Erickson, and I am the executive chef and founder of The Blind Kitchen. And I gather, as the executive chef of The Blind Kitchen, you are yourself blind. I am. I have retinitis pigmentosa. I have no vision in my left eye and very, very cloudy vision in my right eye. I can see contrast if it's very stark, but mostly I see a lot of shades of gray. And I gather you really enjoy cooking, don't you? I do. I love cooking. I um, have taught adults in the past. So when I was going through my 
vocational rehab at the Oregon Commission for the Blind, I knew I wanted to teach adults, but I didn't know what I wanted to teach. And I was taking meal prep with my instructor and the light bulb went on. And I said, oh, I could teach this. But then I realized I'd never taken a cooking class in my life, except for this one. And there was a lot more information out there. So that's when I decided to go to culinary school. And that's when this all took off. You must be quite the expert then going to culinary school and being blind. This leaves you with some good capabilities for teaching other blind people. You know, it. I am uniquely prepared. I was the only blind student in culinary class and older than most of the other students, but I loved it. They teach you the art, the history, and all of the science that goes behind it. And that just really gets me going. I love learning it and I love teaching it too. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is how people with vision loss can cook more safely and easily. Well, Deborah, it sounds like you really enjoy cooking and really have a good time at it, and you must be good at it by now, but when did you first get interested in cooking? To tell you the truth, I wasn't that interested. I'm one of 12 children, and so my mother wasn't exactly a gourmet cook. (laughs) She was more like a mess hall cook trying to feed that many mouths. It wasn't until I got the idea of going to culinary school. Otherwise, I was not that good of a, of a cook. Sometimes things would work out, and then the next time I went to make it, I th- think I'd repeat it, and then it wouldn't work. But after going to school, I learned th- about things as starches and, like, leave your rice alone <laughs> so it doesn't get gummy. Don't overdo your potatoes or they're going to get gummy. I mean, I just learned the scientific principles to help me be able to repeat good dishes over and over again. You know, I'm not much of a cook myself. My my uh, biggest meal I make is like cereal or something you can make in one pot. But I do appreciate the cooking programs. I've heard these cooking programs where they actually explain all the science behind cooking. And that makes it a lot more interesting. There's a lot that goes into it, isn't there? Yeah, I had no idea. But I also love the the cooking shows that actually explain the science of things. And that's what I try to do in my work. So I teach meal prep at the Oregon Commission for the Blind now. And my students also really enjoy learning the science and the history and, you know, new culinary terms. You'd almost think I could speak French. (laughs) So I'm curious, for those who don't know, Pete's totally blind. I'm fully sighted. and, And we both believe there's very little a blind person can't do. But the general public doesn't necessarily share that opinion. And you said you were the only blind student in your culinary school class. What kind of reception did you get there? You know, I'm a very social person, but once you lose your vision and can't make eye contact and don't know the age of the person necessarily, it gets a lot harder to initiate a conversation. And I, I'm not one to bully my way into something. I, I tend to wait until someone talks to me. And for the first probably three months, I was paired up with some people, but they weren't real social, good at social skills. And so I, I was pretty lonely. 
And then one day, one student came over to me. She, I'm still friends with her and put her arm around my waist and said, hi, Deborah, how are you? And from then on, they invited me to have lunch with them because I was just eating in the locker room by myself. I didn't know where they went. And so it was pretty lonely at first. But once they got to know me, they got to know my sense of humor that, you know, I could keep up with them academically. I was slower in terms of meal preparation, but that didn't affect them. And it, it ended up working out really well, but it was a very slow start. Wow. I hadn't even thought about the social interaction. I was, but that's, that's really significant. You know, you walk into a new situation, everybody's new and socializing has different facets to it. It sure does. It sure does. So what kind of reception did you get from the staff, the teachers? The teachers were wonderful, especially one of them. Even before I got to culinary school, he knew he was going to have a blind student. I worked with disabled student services to make sure I had all the accessible materials and stuff. They were notified that they were going to have a blind student. And he actually went to a adjoining town where there's another blind woman that owns a vegan bakery. And he went and asked her if he could spend about an hour with her asking her questions of how to make his future students' course easier. They couldn't have been better. Wow, oh, good for him. And they didn't, like, flip out when you picked up a sharp knife or anything? No, no. Uh, and nor did they hover. Nor did they hover. I got kind of a funny story to tell is it was eggs week, everything eggs. And so for the practical we had to fix i think it was a french omelet uh over easy egg a basted egg that kind of thing but i was doing my over easy egg and in the class i had been told that he was flipping the egg in the pan just by using the pan no spatula or anything you know how they flip it up in the air and it flips one time yeah i've seen that on tv i've never succeeded in doing that <laughs> Well, I came home and I started by flipping a piece of toast. My husband was thinking I was crazy, but once I could get the toast consistently to come back into the pan on, on the right side, then I went out and I bought two dozen eggs and I worked over a work tray in the stove. And so I'd crack the egg, put it in the pan, and then I'd move the pan over the tray. So when I flipped it, it would fall on the tray if I missed. And I got it right about half the time. So then in the practical, I learned that no one else was flipping the egg that way. And the chef says, I want you to do it. Go ahead. Try it. And I, everybody gathered around and I did it and it worked. I couldn't believe it. People were cheering. I, I felt like I'd won an Olympic medal. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Crazy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not for sissies. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the blind kitchen after you went through culinary school. So when did you actually start? putting the blind kitchen together? 2020. But the business only opened October 15th of 2022. So we've only been open a couple of months. After I went through culinary school, the Oregon Commission for the Blind hired me, but then COVID came. And so I was paused, quote unquote, for about a year and a half. And I was just antsy. I, I really wanted to get back and teach cooking. And I I don't know how to teach cooking remotely, especially to uh, if I have vision loss and they have vision loss, I can see problems coming along. So, so that's how I ended up starting the business. I thought about it. And so 
I don't do cooking lessons on in the blind kitchen. We provide adaptive culinary tools and information for people with vision loss that want to cook. And primarily our customer base are older people who lose their vision over time, you know, related to aging. And they may have been the cook and that may have been their identity, you know, cooking for the holidays, cooking dinners. And now they're not sure how to get back into the kitchen. That's what we do is we provide some tools. We provide videos that are associated with the tools. And that way, maybe that'll empower them to get back in there because there's a glove you can wear on your hand when you're cutting potatoes or peeling something and it can't be cut through. And it's very flexible. If people don't know it exists, I'd be afraid too. You know, the only reason I know that exists is when they were doing demonstrations in the supermarket handing out food where we used to live. Nancy told me that the person cutting up all this stuff had these kind of chainmail gloves on. Yeah, they're very thin, actually. It's kind of funny. I did a work experience when I was a student at the commission, and I was in this high-end deli uh, grocery store combination thing. They're all over the country. And they made all of those cooks wear cutting gloves, not just me. It was mandatory because it lowers insurance prices. It lessens injuries. Oh, this guy was fully sighted, but the company insisted that he had to wear protection on the hand that wasn't holding the knife because that was going to be close to the blade. Exactly. You know, the other good thing those gloves are for, because I did have normal vision at once, is grating. If you're grating cheese or you're grating a carrot for carrot cake or something, I don't know any cooks that haven't at one time or another got their DNA in the food from grating food. I always worry about that when you're grating something, you get a little bit too close, you know, and you want to grate the last little bit and not waste it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's called a chef snack, but or Ooh. research and development. You can call it what you want, but it's true. Those gloves really make a difference. And then the classes you teach are at the Oregon Center for the Blind, I guess? Yeah, the Oregon Commission for the Blind. So any blind, legally blind Oregonian is entitled to vocational rehabilitational services if they want to work. People have to eat and they have to be able to eat well if they're going to be able to be ready for employment and keep a job. Uh, and so I teach legally blind adults how to cook, but that doesn't have anything to do with the blind kitchen, except that I certainly bring the equipment so my students can learn about it too, but I can't sell it to them, of course, and that's not the goal at all. But to teach them how to be more safe and more efficient in their own kitchens. And I also learn from them. You sell an assortment of adaptive tools like the gloves. What other products do you sell? Okay, we have 62 right now. And one of them is so cool. It's called an auto measure spout. And so when you order your items, if you order the auto measure spout, or we also have four collections I can get into later if you want me to, but every item, cut glove, the auto measure spout, comes in its own resealable bag with a label, both in large print and braille, that tell you what it is. So when you get your auto measure spout, most people don't have a clue what they are, you go to the website, which is extremely accessible, and you watch the video called Auto Measure Spout. And it is relatively short, and it's also audio described. So when I'm not talking, there's a professional voice. He's got a lovely voice, and he tells the listeners what is going on. 
because blind people don't like silent movies. They're just no fun. And so it's a participatory experience for everyone. You're going to get all the information regardless of your vision loss. But the Automatrix Sprout is so cool. You take it and you put it on top of an olive oil bottle or a vinegar bottle, whatever liquid you want to dispense. And then you hold it over a pan or a bowl and you tip it upside down and it dispenses exactly one tablespoon of liquid and stops even if you continue to hold it upside down. So then you tip it back upward again. And if you want a second one, you tip it upside down again. And again, it'll dispense uh, one tablespoon. Every cook should have those. They are so handy. That is really handy. I mean, you just described two things that even sighted people could make use of. It's tough to pour exactly what you want if it's something, you know, like a tablespoon. It's so small. And the chainmail gloves, everybody can make use of that. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think only four of the items in of the 62 are made for blind or vision impaired people. Almost all the other ones are just like that spout. It wasn't made for us, but we can use it. And so most of the things are things that are available out there. But if you watch the videos, you can say, oh, I never thought about using it that way. Or, you know, that that was a great idea. So the other thing that I, I really want is when we're talking about measuring wet things, that can be especially challenging. And especially if you're measuring something like vanilla, which is really expensive nowadays, and you don't want to waste any. Let's say you need a teaspoon. You could take your teaspoon and measure a little bit and touch it with your finger. Is it level? Nope. Pour a little bit more, pour a little bit more. But oftentimes you overpour it or it gets wasted. We have a um, wet measure system where the measuring cup, actually the handle faces up to the ceiling. So it's more like a, a ladle, which is what we use to transfer liquids like soup and stuff like that. So why not do it with our measuring cups? So what you do is you put the teaspoon in a little spouted pitcher that comes with it. The teaspoon has a rounded bottom and it would tip over if you just left it freestanding, but this holds it. So it frees up. Now both of your hands are free. The spoon is being upheld. You pour the vanilla into the bottle. I put my index finger into it just to make sure that I know when it is completely submerged, I want that spoon to overflow. And then you pick it up like a soup ladle, transfer it to your target bowl, dump it out. And now you might say, oh, gosh, I've got this vanilla, about a teaspoon in here that might go to waste. But we also provide a special funnel with a thin neck so you can put the funnel in the vanilla bottle use the spouted the little pitcher to guide the vanilla back into the bottle and there you know you've got a perfect teaspoon in your food and you have absolutely no waste oh isn't that handy so you actually make use of the fact that you know you're going to overflow if you try to get it up to being just level full and then whatever did overflow you can put back in the original container and so you really don't waste anything exactly um, one more thing about the, our measuring cups. So there are stainless steel bumps that cannot come away from the teaspoons and the tablespoons or the measuring cups or spoons. So if there are four bumps, you don't have to read Braille. They're just right in a row. You know it's a quarter teaspoon or a quarter cup. If there's two bumps, you know it's a half. And if there's three, it's a third. So it's actually a real cool system. They're going to last forever. And, and those bumps are never going to go away. They're part of the handle. Wow. 
We talked about some of your specialized equipment, obviously not all 62 separate items, <laughs> but also on your website, you've got some kind of instructional beginners recipes that people can use to establish their cooking skills. Can you talk about those? Yeah. So what I do when I go through a recipe, usually I'll have made it like three or four times and I figure out what can I do to make this easier for the next time I try it. Most recipes traditionally give you a list of ingredients like a half a cup of butter, or a cup of milk or whatever. But then when you get down to the directions, they just say mix the butter, sugar and flour. And then you got to go back up if you're using a screen reader device or whatever you've got to go back through. So what I do is I transfer the amounts into the step-by-step directions. And so that way it'll say, mix your one half cup of butter, your one cup of sugar, your one cup of milk, so that you have the amounts and the ingredients in the step-by-step part of it. And I also arrange the steps in a logical way. So if somebody's just beginning to cook, you want to do this first because you're going to add it really quickly, you know, and you're not going to have time to measure it out later or the stuff in the pan may may cook too much. So I think the recipe out from the beginning to the end and so that people can have a better chance of success at doing it. You know, that's helpful for everybody. I can't tell you how many recipes I get down to the last step and it says bake in a preheated oven at whatever temperature. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you could have told me this 20 <laughs> minutes ago and then the oven would be preheated by now. No, that's exactly right. And the other thing is, is I, I'm a big advocate of get all your ingredients out that you'll need or the equipment that you'll need as much as you can and have still an efficient workspace because there's nothing worse than like making cookies and then finding out there's only one egg and you need two. So I'm a big advocate for making sure you know where everything is and that you have everything. Well, and particularly if you're blind, it's good to be organized like that. I mean, your hands do get kind of gritty and greasy while you're doing these things. And if you have to go monkeying around the cabinet to find something you should have taken out and put on the countertop, uh, you, you save yourself a little cleanup time later on, I guess. That is true. So another tip that I have that in the blind kitchen, we have 11 categories of tips on anything related to cooking, whether it's shopping, dining out labeling things, identifying things, not necessarily related to any adaptive tool. And one of the tips that I put in there is run a sink of hot soapy water before you start cooking. So that way you can walk right over to the sink and dump your fingers in it. You don't have to touch the handles or the faucets or anything like that. So if you're working with a raw egg or a raw protein where it could spread bacteria quickly, you can just use your forearms to find where the sink is, dip your fingers, and then I actually, on my apron, I have a towel clip. So I have a towel that travels with me, and those are available in the blind kitchen too, but that, that towel travels with me because I always carefully used to put my towel down in a very safe place where I know it would be, and nine times out of ten, it wasn't there when I went to reach for it, and I'd find it when I stepped on it, you know, walking on the floor. So having that sink a hot soapy water. I start with it low and then add hot water to it as I'm going um, so that it stays nice and warm for me. And and then I can wipe them on the towel and that helps you keep you from contaminating things. And I just don't like sticky fingers at all. That's a real turnoff for me. Yes. And you tend to have sticky fingers if you have to touch everything to know where it is. Exactly right. 
You mentioned the various collections that you have. Tell us a little bit about each of the collections and what they contain. They're, um, the first collection is 15 items related to setting up a safe and efficient work area. Uh, the second one is everything to do with cutting and chopping. So that cut glove would be in that one. The third collection is 17 items related to cooking methods commonly performed on top of a stove. And the fourth are items related to cooking methods commonly performed inside the oven. So that's kind of a way for people to take it and forget the bad pun, but bite-sized pieces instead of getting a whole pile of 62 items, many of which they haven't heard of yet. It makes it more manageable. And if you want more helpful tips, visit Deborah's website. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about The Blind Kitchen and how to contact Deborah Erickson. Well, Deborah, we've mentioned several times about how you thought about everything. So if people want to avail themselves of some of the tools that you've put together, where would they go? We are a web-based company, so everything's available on our website, and it is www.theblindkitchen.com. And if they want to email me, you can email me at info at theblindkitchen.com. And I read all of those emails and respond to them. And I love to hear from people because people give me more ideas or they give me their challenges. And I love to solve problems. That's kind of how this all ended up coming to be. Culinary school was a problem to solve. Yeah. Because I was held to the same standards. So I would love to hear from people and interact with them. And not everyone needs all 62 items for sure. Some people are pretty comfortable cutting without a slicing guide or a, a guard to guard their fingers. But for other people, the challenge might be something completely different, like measuring wet ingredients. So I can actually help guide you to where your challenges are, to what tools, equipment, or even if it's not an adaptive tool, what if it's a strategy? What if it's a knowledge I have? So I'd be happy to hear from people. Do you have a social media presence? I do have a social media presence. Um, we are on Instagram, and I have a social media person that takes care of that for me. And every image she posts is alt tagged. She describes the image description. And Facebook. We also have some of our videos on Facebook, and they're all on the website as well. And we also have a YouTube channel, but we don't have enough followers to name the channel The Blind Kitchen yet, but we come up pretty good in the search results. And that leads me to another thing. If people search under Blind Kitchen, they're going to get a show in Boston that takes people who are able to see perfectly well, like local celebrity chefs, and bring them in and blindfold them. And then they compete in culinary things. That's not me, but you have to put in the word theblindkitchen.com. And do you have a phone number where people might reach you? Sure. I'm located in Portland, Oregon. So my phone number is 503-313-2345. And if you want to start cooking up 
a storm, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with episode 2310 at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success, we will be talking about the recently released Victor Reader's Stream 3 from Humanware. We'll speak with Matthew Paquette, product manager of Victor Reader Products, and Peter Tusick, director of strategic partnerships, both at Humanware, about this accessible, palm-sized multimedia device and why you might enjoy using it. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to catch you all next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.